Please just forgive me, I just need to fix this. Oh, come on. Come on. Yes. Cool, good evening, guys. Um, yeah, so I get the, well, my name's Joshua, firstly. And uh, I get the awesome privilege of sharing with you hope that I found in the Psalms. And uh, specifically Psalms 32, I found, I found my hope. So I'm going to read to you the Psalms, not a long one. But, um, and then I'm going to get stuck into it. Sorry, this thing nearly fell. Okay. So blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved with a bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but the steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So, just to give you some context about the psalm, it's not specific, well, we don't quite know. So, David wrote the psalm firstly. We don't quite know the situation that he was in when he wrote the psalm. However, the psalm can be closely linked to Psalm 51. And that psalm is where David did the deed with Bathsheba. So, I am not going to confess to you that I have done the same as David. That's not what I'm going to do. However, I can relate to David in the fact I can relate to David in the fact that God is a hiding place for me and that only the forgiven can be truly happy. So, I am that person that highlights my Bible. When I got to this so when I was asked to go through the Psalms and to share on one of them, a lot of this Psalm was highlighted. However, when I got to verse 7, I found verse 7 was highlighted and circled. This caused interest. So I had to spend time and reflect on why I circled this verse specifically. And in this verse, I found that this hiding place is so important. It is this secret place that you go to where it is just you and God. It is a place where you can be vulnerable with Him. And for this place, for me, it has been a source of life. In this place, Jesus has helped me overcome depression. In this place, Jesus has healed me of hurt. In this place is where I now find true peace and true happiness. But this hiding place is where it is just you and God, 
and it is a secret place where you can open up that most inner part of yourself and spend time in his presence. And I found that there's such power that comes from praying deeply with God. That, it's, it's like that place where, you know when you go into quiet time, and sometimes you have a heavy heart and a clean face. And you think when you go in there and you might just shed a tear and it's just this elegant tweak like tear that just drips down your face and quiet time is over and you're done. But this sort of hiding place is more like you come in with a heavy heart and like your face just leaks everywhere. Like it's, it's a messy scene. It's almost like the snots and the tears are having a drag race to see which one can... <laughs> Which one can, you know? But when you leave this hiding place, you come in with a heavy heart and a clean face, but you leave with a messy face and a clean heart. And <laughs> Hashtag, trademark. Um, this place is also a place where I have had to confess my sins. Like in verse 5, I have not hidden things from him, which is uncomfortable. And especially when you go into the details, especially like when, of what I've done wrong. And most, like it's almost like there's layers to confession. Like we, we often pray like, Lord, please forgive me of my sin. But when I go into the detail, this is exactly how I sinned. This is my motive behind it. And... That's where that uncomfortable feeling happens, and it just hits that extra layer deeper. So in confessing my sins in detail, it made me realize how far I am from God's standard, that I'm coming to a really big God. And when David speaks about the fear of the Lord in other Psalms, I get this image of Leviathan. So Leviathan is a sea creature. It's a great sea creature. Um, where, okay, this is the great sea creature. I can't go into too much details about that. But um, in Job 41 verse 10, um, it says, sorry, I need to get it now. I'm unprepared, my bad. Okay, it says, now this is God speaking to Job, um, asking him these like rhetorical questions. And this passage now is concerning Leviathan. He says, no one is so fierce that dare stir him up. Who then is he who can stand before me? So I get the, so I have a fear of sharks. So when I think of Leviathan, immediately I think of Megalodon. It's not the same, but it's same, same. So, So you couldn't cast me for the role of Jason Statham in the Meg because uh, I would honestly have a heart attack before that shark got near me. Um, and this made me realize how wrong sin is in the sight of a holy God and that I can't undo those things that I've done. And God sees everything. He sees the good and he sees the evil. And that comes from Proverbs 15.3. And in this hiding place, is where, with Jesus, is where I found that the deeper you go with him in your sin and confessing it, the more he heals. The more that you share and the more that you let out, 
the more he removes it from you. And it's a reminder that Jesus did pay it all on the cross. All your sins were forgiven. But there's just that burden that gets less, that we don't have to hold that burden anymore. So when he said, it is finished, all my sin was removed from me, and I get to now live as one that has been set free. So all that shame and guilt that I feel, and I do still sometimes fall back into my old habits. I am preaching to myself here. I'm not perfect. Um, It gets replaced with joy and happiness. This is something that I don't deserve. Neither of us deserve this. But it is a gift, and it needs to be received as a gift. Because um, this gift was freely given to those who believe, yet it was bought with the most expensive thing in the cosmos. And this was something that I had to, well, I had a hard time wrapping my head around because quite recently I was exposed of doing the opposite. I had this sort of idea, okay, God has saved me. What can I do to say thank you, God? What do I need to do to repay you? So here's my works. I will now work so that I feel like I'm accepted. And this just takes me back to a song that really just hit home. It's Gratitude by Brandon Lakes. And uh, we do sometimes sing it here at church. And uh, one of the lyrics in that song say, I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Um, and that song just hits me hard because, uh, like, there is nothing I can give him. There's absolutely nothing. I can only give him a heart that says thank you. Like, I can only give Jesus a heart saying thank you for dying for me. Thank you for giving me life. Thank you for this hiding place. Thank you for just saving me. I didn't deserve it, but you loved me. So, like, all I can do is love you back, really. Um, and I got to experience some of this joy and this happiness after, after receiving this free gift of grace. So, um, something that happened about two years ago, after I had come to know Jesus, I was still living with my parents, and it was evening. Uh, I think it was a weekend. And uh, the batteries, and I, well, and I was playing Xbox, and the batteries of my controller died. So the PlayStation, PlayStation fans don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so I had to drive down to go get more batteries. So I drove down to the garage down the road, and uh, as I was entering the shop, there was a man who was in need, and uh, he was sitting by the door of the shop asking everyone who walked into the shop for help, for food, for money. Um, So I walked past him. I said no. And uh, I walked past him, and uh, I got really convicted by this. So I decided in the shop, let me buy this man some food, and let me go outside and just speak to him, um, and just maybe share and give him some hope. So in this, um, on my way out, I bought him a loaf of bread, and uh, I gave it to him. I sat down next to him, and we just started speaking. Just normal conversation, respectable conversation. And I asked him how old he is. Uh, He he said he's 24. I said, I'm also 24. 
And I don't know what it was about the fact that I'm 24, but this man found this hilarious. Like he absolutely started laughing like uncontrollably. But you know when someone has a laugh, that's just different. Like I, I put it in a different category because it's sort of like that, that laugh that you need to first take a moment like, are you laughing? Are you in pain? I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and but this man was smiling ear to ear and he was laughing with this extremely weird laugh and God just took, like put a pause on this moment and he just opened up my heart and my heart melted and that memory is embedded in my in my brain because I got to see pure joy on this man's face and that smile was richer than most things and there, and his joy was contagious and I would have not have felt that happiness if I had not come to know Jesus. And it is precisely because I have been forgiven of my sins that I got to experience this happiness. So when you come to Jesus with your sin and with your shame, he replaces it with joy and happiness. And that is what verse 1 says. When, when David is stating that only the forgiven can be truly happy, and this moment is just one of many where I got to experience this kind of joy. Now, in the end of verse 7 and 8, as I reflected on this, where it says, You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I was able to trace back how God had led me through my life, how he kept his eye on me and counseled me through his word, through a whisper, and through other people. So many years ago when I first joined City, I remember, I think James was up here uh, just giving an announcement about City groups and how it's important that you need to join a City group. So I felt quite convicted, I need to join a City group. So I went to go and uh, chat to Mr. James over here and I was like, bro, I need to join a City group. He said, bro, where do you stay? I said, Bro, I stay in Krugersdorp in the West Strand, and I kid you not, represent, and then, and then he literally just turned, and he pointed to a man, and that man's name was Ruan. I had a short, brief conversation with, that, with uh, Ruan, and the next week I joined his life, his life group, and uh, I met Jesus at Ruan's mom's house. Ruan baptized me. I received the Holy Spirit through a prayer from a man who I met once because he felt prompted to pray for me. Through Ruan, I got to learn about the character company because he was a mentor then. I became a mentor at the character company. And because I started having fellowship with other men and with other boys and stuff, I got to meet a a man uh, called Mr. Redmond, and he's over here. Shout out. And uh, Redmond, on our, it was one of our first camps that I went to. They, we, we were on a hike with the boys, and this was the first time I met him. And uh, we just had like a deep conversation with uh, myself, Redmond, and another gentleman called Donovan. And Redmond shared how he had a ministry in Rosebank where he used to, well, where he feeds the homeless. And um, with the word of God and with food. And um, through this, uh, like, 
so okay, so I started, so I was studying in Rosebank at the time. So I had traveled through Rosebank every day from Krugersdorp to Rosebank, and I had the joy of experiencing traffic, it's amazing. And um, at each robot, there's always a man begging. There's always someone begging, like in a deep need. And every day, seeing the same guys, it really started to bug me, like, what can I do to help this? Like, what can I do to help you? I can give you 10 rand, but how long is that going to last? Like, how do I give you hope? How do I help you, actually? And now this was 10 months after I had, become, well, after I had this conversation with Redmond. And in this hiding space, in this deep time, God brought that memory up, like, remember that conversation you had with Redmond? He's got a ministry for you, and that's exactly where I want you. So I went... I joined Redmond's ministry, and a year later, happy anniversary, um, I'm now preaching the gospel on the streets of Rosebank in the same place where I used to go and get drunk and high. Um, quite literally, because my campus was here, and opposite Jan Smuts is where I'm preaching. And I don't think that's a coincidence, and it's just, it, it blew me away. And um, when I read, like, you surround me with shouts of deliverance, I've literally seen homeless men that have nothing but the clothes on them dancing in the streets in front of a car's headlights because you're playing worship music, while others are singing praises to Jesus just because Jesus is good and the Holy Spirit is there, and they are just praising God. And just beautiful. That's the end of that. Um, Then, through the character company, I got to spend time with other mentors, and I realized, like, these are men that a lot of them themselves also never had fathers. So, in that, I got to see, like, the love that they're giving these kids is not coming from an earthly dad that they had, but it's coming from a father in heaven that has given them this love that they are now sharing with others. And... That started making me think, okay, well, I can clearly see how all of these men have been fathered by God. But then it made me think, how oh, I've also been fathered by God and how important that has been. And, and that's, if God is my father, then that makes me a son. And that is my identity. First and foremost, that is my identity above anything else, before the shame of sin, before the guilt of sin, before what others may think of you, first and foremost, I'm a son. So, at the end of the psalm, David says, rejoice and be glad in the Lord. And it is only because we have been forgiven that we can rejoice and be glad in the Lord. When I came to the Lord time after time, burdened with a heavy blanket of shame. He removes it and clothes me with mercy and love. So I just want to leave, with, leave you with some points here from the psalm. The first point is pray. Most of the psalm is a conversation between God and David, and prayer is how we communicate to God. We must also pray vulnerably because even though it is uncomfortable, there is, 
there, it's, it's just there's that extra layer of confession that we need to get to. My second point is that we need to confess our sins. This is, this is like, we can't be forgiven if we haven't confessed what we've done wrong. And I find quite a bit of comfort in knowing that there's nothing that I can bring to God that will surprise him. God has quite a CV in dealing with the rebellious human heart. He has seen people, including his own people, do detestable things. He has quite literally seen everything because he's creator. So there's nothing that I, I can do that's going to surprise God. Like he's not going to be like, Josh, bro, I did not see that coming. You need to, you need to fix yourself, whatever you did. Um, he's not going to do that. And the last point that I have is that we need to live as one that we need to live as one who is set free. Christ has paid it all on that cross, and we get to live as ones who have been who have had our sins blotted away from us and removed as far as the east is from the west, and we get to now live empowered by the Holy Spirit and being made holy. Thank you.